0: The East Belfast UVF said 20 once prominent members of the organisation have been expelled for drug dealing. In an official statement to the Sunday Life, the Loyalist gang denied involvement in the drugs trade.
1: They then announced over the weekend that 20 prominent members have been expelled for drug dealing and that they were committed to an anti-drugs stance now and that their position mirrored that of the Shankill Road leadership who have been for quite a while declaring an anti-drugs position.
0: That's despite claims to the contrary from police and government monitoring groups. They say the UVF is behind all drug dealing in the east of the city.
1: According to Judge Mark Reilly, a Crown Court judge, according to him what the police are saying is that all drug dealing in East Belfast is connected to the UVF. And that is an absolute dominant assessment.
0: I'm joined by the journalist who broke this story, Kieran Barnes from The Sunday Life. Kieran, you're very welcome to the Bell Tell once again. Hi, Kieran. What can you tell us about these expulsions?
1: Well, the expul- the news of the expulsions came at the weekend after there was a court case the previous Friday involving a guy called Rob Osborne who'd been lifted and arrested in a paramilitary crime task force operation against the East Belfast UVF. Uh Osborne was in Belfast Crown Court on Friday past. And uh Sunday Life were the only media organization present for the for the sentence and it it was significant in that Judge Mark Real, who sentenced Osborne, stated that the police case would be that whenever there is drug activity in East Belfast, the person involved in it engages in it, either with the consent of the East Belfast UVF to be allowed to do it, or they conduct it on behalf of the East Belfast UVF. And that is an absolute damning assessment. Um what the police According to Judge Mark Reel, a Crown Court judge, according to him, what the police are saying is that all drug dealing in East Belfast is connected to the UVF. Now, Osborne, the, the, the guy who was who was caught with the, the cannabis which was linked to the East Belfast UVF, his sentence was deferred for six months to, to see how he behaves and see uh, see how he gets on in that period. Uh, a judge will then say whether he, he's going to jail him or not, but uh, that 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 came out on the Friday, and my understanding is that that then hurried a statement by these Belfast UVF around drug dealing, which should have been made later in the spring. That that prompted them to bring that forward, and they they then announced over the weekend that um, twenty prominent members have been expelled for drug dealing, and that they were committed to. Uh, an anti-drug stance now, and that their position mirrored that of the Shankill Road leadership, who have been for quite a while um, declaring uh, an anti-drugs position and saying that uh, you know that they have no truck with drug dealers. For anyone listening,
0: you know, yes, no truck with drug dealers. You know, this this um, mirroring other attempts in the UVF to stamp down on this. Nevertheless. That almost seems incredible in itself when you look at those comments like behind all drug dealing. Some might suspect it's a PR exercise rather than anything practical, but we understand there have been these expulsions.
1: Well, it's telling that the the statement was hurried forward on the back of a judge in court publicly declaring that the PSNI's position was that all drug dealing in East Belfast is connected to UVF. Um, UVF came out, they've said they've expelled East Belfast. UVF... They've said they say they expelled twenty members um, for drug dealing, but you know the cynic in me and the cynic among people and cynic among the public would say, well, are, are these people don't even expelled because they've been caught. Um, they also the UVF when, from talking to them at the weekend too. They also recognise that in East Belfast there is a problem with drug dealing and drug dealing associated to, to that organisation. They would complain often that drug dealers in East Belfast are using the East Belfast UVF's name, they intimidate people and and to and and to be able to sell drugs. Um, look, what, what is quite clear is that these Belfast UVF have a major problem with drug dealing. They have senior members who in the past have been up to their balls in drug dealing. There's drug seizures almost on a weekly basis, which the PSNI are linking to the East Belfast UVF. And in the eyes of many and not not just the public, but in the eyes of other loyalists from other parts of Northern Ireland, they would see the East Belfast UVF as being a drugs gang, and that's an image um, that you know it. It's, they claim to be. The UVF claim to be an organisation that's fighting for the union, the the, the strength and the Northern Ireland's ties with the union. Yet in the eyes of most people, they see it simply as a drugs cartel, and and that that that's a hu- that's a huge problem for them.
0: So you mentioned seizures. Can we put a lot of this down then to PSNI successes against the East Belfast UVF? Because, I mean, the PSNI have been criticised in the past for seemingly allowing this organisation to have a free hand, but they do seem to be either clamping down or having successes.
1: When it comes to the paramilitary crime task force, they're having huge successes. Last year, Sunday Life reported on a story last June that in the previous 12 months, so from May 21 till the end of May 22, the task force had seized more than a million pounds worth of drugs, which they publicly linked to the East Belfast UVF, along with two hundred thousand pounds in criminal cash. And that was uh, that. That's the most recent figure. But in the period from June 22 up until this point now, uh, the end of March, beginning of April, there's easily been another million pound seized, which the the PSN have linked to the East Belfast UVF. So the the task force has certainly had successes. The people, the task force have brought several drug dealers connected to the East Belfast UVF before the courts and have been sentenced. Guys like the Rainey brothers, Glenn and Mark Rainey, guys like Buff Hunter. Um, there's been... Uh, Jared Taylor was sentenced. Uh, Matthew Long was sentenced. Um, Colin Garrett, who's in court today, to be sentenced. So these are all people who the task force have arrested in operations, which they publicly linked to the East Belfast UVF. They've all been brought before the courts. They've all pleaded guilty or been found guilty, and they're being sentenced. So there, there's, there's no doubt the task force is having... Um, re- good success but the one complaint people would have is that all these guys who I've mentioned and who have been sentenced and convicted they're all mid-level the boys at the top are still there you know the task force and conversations I've had with them they would identify three individuals who run what they say is the East Belfast UVF drugs empire and these three individuals are still Um, connected to that organisation and are still walking the streets living lavish lifestyles going head to toe in designer clothes going on expensive holidays driving the best of cars and there doesn't seem to be anything done about these guys and fair enough to the task force they're getting the mid-level guys they're getting the lower guys but the guys at the very top of this food chain they still exist and they're still living lifestyles far beyond their means
0: So let's turn this around slightly PS and I uh, have publicly linked all drug dealing in East Belfast to the UVF, but but can we link all of the UVF in East Belfast to drug dealing, or is does there remain uh, a, a very political uh, UVF?
1: There is people within the UVF in East Belfast who are highly political, um, and it would be unfair to say that every single person within the UVF in East Belfast is a drug dealer. I would say that the majority of people who are in the UVF in East Belfast aren't drug dealers. You know, there's There's people within that organisation who are trying to push it towards a more political group. Um, And all all paramilitary organisations, particularly within loyalism, face this inner challenge at the minute where there are people trying to drive... I'll I'll use East Belfast as an example. There's people within East Belfast who are trying to push East Belfast UVF away from criminality and they're trying to transition it towards a more community-orientated organisation. And the UVF are trying that as a whole. They've got an initiative called the ACT Initiative, which is the Action for um, Community Transformation, and it's trying to morph the UVF into almost like an old boys' network. And they've been backed by the government. They've received hundreds of thousands of pounds of of government funding and community funding to to attempt this. Now, in East Belfast, the East Belfast UVF was always an outlier They've about a thousand members and affiliates, so they they would be the biggest brigade within the UVF. And they've always they've, they've always acted independently, even during the troubles. These Belfast UVF looked after its own prisoners. It's always been in a way, it's always been like a satellite organisation from the rest of the UVF. So, and when the UVF got involved with the Loyalist Communities Council and they got involved with ACT and they got involved with um, getting government funding for projects which they supported, these Belfast UVF didn't. They were always. They were always separate, they were always an outlier, they'd done their own thing. Um, But now, following that statement at the weekend, it appears that the East Belfast UVF is coming on board with this process. Um, You know, they have said there has been significant progress made in the past number of years in regards implementing a process of transition, however it is accepted, that more work needs to be done in the coming months, this process will continue. So, you know, there's an argument there that, Perhaps the Doves are starting to win. Perhaps the Doves are getting on top of the Hawks and they're being successful in pushing the UVF towards a more community-focused organisation and away from the crime and away from the paramilitarism. But then there's also people who will say, look, you know, we've heard this all before. You know, is this, is this the UV... And this is a fair question. Is this the UVF just saying this and paying lip service to this in order for them to continue the, the pocket money from, from racketeering and drug dealing?
0: I suppose the question is... I mean, for God and Ulster and presumably for the the community in East Belfast I mean, for a lot of people looking in you know, extortion and drug dealing do not help your own community because presumably most of the drugs are sold in East Belfast
1: Yeah, they would be and, you know, you people are dying of overdoses you're people who are addicted to drugs and committing crime as a result of, the, of their addictions to drugs because they need money to feed those addictions and, you know, it's... Drugs destroy communities, there's no doubt about it. You know, there's no there's no argument in that. So if you have an organization which is is benefiting and profit from the from the drugs trade, it isn't a community focused organization. It's a, it's an organization which is destroying communities. And that's and that's the the problem people within the UVF and East Belfast are and ones who genuinely want to the change, they're having to tackle that now and have to look and say, Well, we need to stamp out the drug dealing. But the problem with that is this is a multi-million pound industry. This is a crime, drug dealing, cocaine dealing, particularly, that's making people in East Belfast millions of pounds each year. Millions, and I'm not exaggerating. You know, when you look at the when you look at the amount of drugs that's being seized by the task force, they are seizing ten grand, fifteen grand. Start of the week, they got over a hundred thousand pounds worth of uh, worth of drugs in East Belfast. When they caught Colin Garrett, who, who was caught last year and he's been sentenced today, they, they lifted him £180,000 worth of cocaine. So these are huge amounts of drugs. These, are, these aren't insignificant amounts. So this is a multi-million pound industry which is made people fat bank accounts and big cars and luxury holidays and designer clothes. And they don't want to give up that lifestyle. They don't want to give up that coin and that earning so you've you've got this you've got this battle now within the UVF and other and I will say other paramilitary organisations in Northern Ireland where the people who want to push it in a political and community direction are finding their efforts curbed by these people who do not want to give up these lavish lifestyles
0: Now these paramilitaries the UVF exists to defend the union Mm -hmm. Uh, they originally were established to prevent home rule um, clearly, the UVF have killed an awful lot of people in, in the name of that cause. But I, I suppose to be very cynical again, people might say, "Well, you know, if you're making an awful lot of money about cocaine, and there, you know, why would you risk that in on on some you know sort of uh, political action?" And I just wonder: are there links outside of loyalism to Dublin-based gangsterism to people from a nationalist background?
1: Well, the majority of drugs come into Northern Ireland come via the South. You know, even, and I go back to Colin Garrett's case, the guy who's being sentenced today. He was the he was caught the cocaine he was caught with was ferried to him in a taxi from Dublin to Ballybein in East Belfast. And there was a guy who was arrested in the taxi, a guy called David Gent, and he's being sentenced today as well. But the drugs came from came from Dublin. The biggest supplier. Of cocaine in Belfast would be a gang based in West Belfast. They're known as the Tarmacers in the media, and they're known known as Tarmac. The Tarmacers by people over in West Belfast too, and they're a gang of people from a Republican heartland in West Belfast, and they're supplying. um, They've got they've got well, what would be known as the Kenan contract. The stuff comes up from Dublin, they get it and they distribute it. And among their among their customers would be East Belfast UVF, the southeast anti media, you know, gangs which proclaim. That they want to, you know, they want to defend the union and they, and they they want to take the fight. The Republicans, if Republicans ever, you know, harm loyal, loyalists, and yet they're being supplied by by drug dealers from a Republican heartland.
0: Is is there anything we should have talked about that we didn't?
1: Um. Well, one thing I would say too is that this, when when it comes to transitioning and this transition in which these Belfast UVF are saying that they're going through, and which they referenced in the statement, you the reason why people are cynical about it is. We had the Good Friday Agreement in 1988. It's coming up the 25th anniversary. Um, with the ceasefires in '84, which was 29 years ago, this transition period has lasted as long as the Troubles. You know, it's, in, in, in a way, it's probably lasted longer because it's been the, the, the ceasefires were 29 years ago, the Good Friday Agreement was 25 years ago. Troubles only lasted 25 years. So, you really telling me that a transition period is going to take longer than the actual conflict did? It's madness. This transition period should have been dealt with within a decade. It should have been dealt with 10 years ago. And the fact that 25 years on from the Good Friday Agreement and almost 30 years on from the ceasefires, the government is still paying groups linked to paramilitaries to convince those paramilitaries to go out of business. It's absolutely crazy that the transitionary period has taken longer than the period of conflict. It's madness. And politicians need to ways up, and government bodies need to weigh up and say, look, we need to put a deadline on this. This cannot go on forever. And the moment that they do that, I do think it'll give the uh, people within these poor military organisations at the top and who, you know, who are happy with this process of transition because it, you know, puts, it puts money in their some of their pockets, it'll give them the kick up the bomb that they need to go. Right, okay. This this needs to stop.
0: There's a picture of a young man in front of you. Yeah. He has no memory of the troubles. Uh, you know, is that part of the problem? That, that he, he 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 may well have been born, I'm, I'm not sure, after the ceasefires or certainly at the same time. So mm. uh, it almost seems like we're talking about something entirely was, new has grown here. He was
1: born in 1982. And again, it's this guy, Colin Gard who's being sentenced today. But you, know, I'm looking at a picture of him here. And this is a guy who was caught with £180,000 worth of UVF, East Belfast UVF cocaine. Now... He's smiling in the photograph and I'm not surprised he's smiling because he's worn a thirteen hundred pound Canada Goose Parker, a pair of seven hundred pound Balenciaga trainers, a three hundred pound Dolce and Gabbana T shirt and jeans that cost five hundred quid, also from Dolce and Gabbana. So the entire outfit cost him two thousand eight hundred pounds. Now Loyalist prisoners, ex-loyalist prisoners, ex-UVF prisoners, people from, like, the New Newtonards Road, from the Craigie, from Dundonald, they're sitting looking at this picture and going, there's an East Belfast UVF drug dealer. He's head to tone designer gear, which cost him £2,800. Now, for many people, that, that would be their wage for two months. You know, and how, you know, how can you square that circle? How can you expect loyalists in East Belfast to have any faith in an organisation when it's seeing their drug dealers head-to-toe? In, in designer gear which prob- which which is more, what, the coat, the t-shirt, the jeans and the trainers are worth more than they would earn in a month and not only that, when, when the Rainey brothers sent, sent us last year, Mark and, and Glenn Rainey for cocaine dealing in East Belfast and again, East Belfast, UVF linked cocaine dealing, Glenn Rainey boasts in tax messages the East is the best place to be for coke dealers he tells his customers that in, in tax messages and that came out in court and also what came out in court is Uh, Another text message between Mark, the older brother, and Glenn Rainey, where Mark accuses Glenn Rainey of blowing £30,000. I get a good wage in here, but I don't have the capability of blowing £30,000. How many people in Northern Ireland have the capability of blowing £30,000? And you have these two idiots from down the lower New New Nards Road who barely work a day in their lives, and they're throwing money about the confetti. You know, and the, the same court also heard how, like, how Glenn Rainey loved to travel the world, including regular trips to Thailand. I've never been to Thailand. I couldn't afford to go to Thailand. But you, you can know, see why this yeah, is
0: so attractive as a way of life.
1: Exactly, and I'm a working man, and, you know, I get, I, you know, I, I get paid above the Northern Ireland wage, but I, I couldn't afford to go to Thailand. And here's a drug dealer, right, again, a bum from East Belfast. He's never worked a day in his life, and he's throwing 30 grand around. He's boasting about how East Belfast is the best place to deal coke, and he's going on regular trips to Thailand. You know, how galling must that be for people down at Pitt Park where he's from to see that there and know that the only reason why he's able to do that is because he has connections to East Belfast UVF. And is it any wonder people in East Belfast and beyond look at this organisation and go, now, I do accept there are people there within that organisation who are trying to transition away from that and trying to improve the image and get it away from crime. And I really, sincerely hope I do for the sake of people in the areas where this gang holds sway. I really hope that they're successful.
0: Kim Barnes, chief reporter of Sunday Life. Thank you.
1: Thanks.